Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Oh, Lord, we love you so very much. We want you to heal and resurrect all the dead marriages that are in this room and in the city, county, and state, and around the United States and around the world. Lord, you are the God of reconciliation. And we just thank you that with you, nothing, nothing is too hard and nothing is impossible. So, Lord, we're going to take all those circumstances that we brought in and we're just going to lay them at the bottom of the cross tonight. And we're going to just say, Lord, here are my problems. There's probably one most urgent prayer request that you have tonight. And whatever that one is, I just pray you will just go to the Lord right now and say, Lord, you know my most urgent need is blank. And Lord, I pray you will move mightily, heal people's bodies. Lord, whatever it is, we ask that you will move mightily in these people's lives because they've sacrificed and they've come tonight and they're seeking your direction. They're seeking your face. They're seeking your touch tonight. And Lord, we just ask that you will touch and heal that wounded heart, heal that broken heart, heal that heart that is weary and feels like they're in the wilderness. Lord, touch them and revive them. Lord, I pray for the ones who, when they read the word, it's not coming alive to them. I pray it will come alive to them tonight and forevermore. Lord, we just ask that you would be with us tonight, and we're going to shout to the Lord and praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Psalm 145 says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. And that's where we got to be today. We've got to come to the point that we're going to say, you know what? My problems are not that big because I serve an awesome, awesome, mighty God. And we come to that point that we put us into the position of knowing who we are in Christ, we can get excited of what the Lord is going to do. So that's where we're headed tonight. And tonight's a special night because I have had the Lord tell me what to teach about three or four weeks ago, and it's the battle for your mind, your thoughts. Where are you in your thought life? And you know what? That is where some of our problems are with our battles and with our standing and praying and believing for marriage restoration it often is right here, our head, that our thoughts just torment us and just push us down. We walk out of church, we are praising the Lord and walking in victory, and all of a sudden, the devil can hit you with the negativity and the thoughts that will torment you, and you've lost all your faith, all your hope, all your trust. God is in control, and he wants to take captive your thoughts and to serve the Lord. I'm so excited that people are making effort to come to Bible study. That's what we need to do. We need to make the effort, the discipline, the commitment. I make a commitment to study and to get your messages for you, so I'm just thrilled you come. Anybody wants to come up and share testimonies, come on up. I am Laura, and I just want to praise the Lord for, I've been praying to be able to testify to, to somebody about marriage restoration and about me being a standard. Just last week, it happened at work. 
I was just talking to this um, you know, co-worker and it, as it just happens, she was really torn because her husband had left her. And I asked her, are you a believer? And she said, yes. And as I happened to have Charlene carried in my purse, one of those uh, study kits, and I was able to share it with her and just um, been praying for her so she can also be touched and stand on the promises of the Lord. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Last Friday, I was doing something uh, for my work and I had to go near the um, place that where my wife works. And I was praying that uh, I wanted to stop and say hello and maybe go out to lunch with her, but I was kind of afraid to, to do that. So I was praying all the way and uh, I said, Lord, if she's by herself, I will stop. If not, I will just keep on going. So when I got there, I saw that, that she was by herself at, at her work and I stopped and uh, we had lunch together, we prayed together, and we spent about an hour and a half talking, and uh, that was really a blessing. My name is San, and I'm a stander. My testimony is basically that uh, it was through my divorce I came to know the Lord, so that's a huge praise report. And I'm still very grateful every single day, and I know that the Lord is in the process of healing our family and restoring our marriage, the Lord has impressed upon me for quite a time that it is in his timing and not in my timing. So I continue to leave my husband at the foot of the cross, and it's all up to God. Amen. My name is Anna. We had a family dinner together. My husband, our two daughters, and my son-in-law, and we took a family photo. It's on my desk, so I just praise the Lord for that. Lord Jesus, we are just hungry to hear your voice speak to us tonight. We are so hungry to seek your face and know your will, your way, your plan, your purpose for these people's hurting and dead marriages. Lord, they've all heard from you one way or another that you can heal, you can breathe new life into a dead and hurting marriage and nothing, nothing is impossible. And Lord, as we start this teaching tonight, I have just felt so convicted for the last several weeks that we must teach this as we must understand that we're in a spiritual battle and the battle is not with the spouses. It's not with our children, but it's with the enemy. And oh Lord, may you teach us tonight that the battle for our mind is a great battle and we need to learn to take control of our thought life and our thought process. Lord, teach us tonight as we are just going to touch it, just a thimbleful to all the teachings that we could do on it. But Lord, touch us tonight. Open these people's spiritual eyes and spiritual ears and their spiritual heart to hear the words, to comprehend your message, your words that are in this book. As we take different topics and go through the Bible, just looking and eating just one scripture at a time. Lord, help us to understand that the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy, but you have come to give life abundantly, and you created marriage, and you hate divorce, and may we stand in the gap and pray and pray and pray for our marriages to be all that you want them to be, that you created them to be, and that we're one flesh, and we are hurting and torn apart because you have put us to be one flesh and we're trying to separate something that you ordained to be together forever so lord help us to comprehend your wisdom your knowledge and your direction tonight 
And if there is any one person in this room that is struggling with their thought process, their thoughts, and their discouragement, defeat, unbelief, lack of faith, or even suicidal thoughts, or thoughts of wishing that they were dead, Lord, may you touch them and give them new life, new hope, and new encouragement tonight from on high. And we will give you the praise and the glory of all what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Romans chapter 8, verse 6, it says, The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. And that's what we got to understand. The mind of sinful man is death. But the mind controlled by the Holy Spirit is life and peace. And that's where you and I got to aim for. That has got to be our goal, our striving. And we have got to understand that the Holy Spirit can guide us, direct us. He is the greatest counselor. You can have life and you can have abundant life and you can have peace in the midst of your circumstances. And that's what we got to understand. So many times because of our circumstances and because of all the things that happen to us, we can have a mountain come in front of us or come and get us or just have it happen to us. And all of a sudden, we are just thrown off base and just overwhelmed mentally and spiritually and emotionally what we're going to do. Tonight, we've got to understand that your divorce is not the worst thing that's going to maybe happen to you in your life, but it is the worst right now. And God is saying, I want you to listen to me. Just as one of their standards said tonight, the Lord's saying, I want to transform you. I want to touch you first. I want to speak to you first. I want to give you hope and encouragement. Quit looking at your circumstance. Our new tape is stop looking at your circumstances. Trust the Lord. There's victory in Jesus. That is what I had to do first. The next message we're going to give is the battle for your mind, your thoughts. And we've got to take control of them. We have to take authority and know who we are in Christ. Some of us may not know the Lord Jesus Christ yet. You may have gone to church. You may be seeking the Lord, but you may not have yet asked Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior of your life. And that's the first step we must do is say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my failures. Lord, I have been running my life my way, and now I've seen all my failures, and you've revealed the sinfulness of my life. And now, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I want you to become Lord of my life. I want you to be my Savior. I surrender everything to you. And when I surrender everything to you, I lay everything at the cross and I say, Lord, I want you to take every part of my life. I don't want just to have you for Savior and I know I got eternal life. I want you to be every part of my life. The financial part, the emotional part, the children's part, the husband part, the employment part. I want that if I can't sleep at night, I can ask you to give me a good night's sleep. I want you to be a part of my entire life. And a lot of people pray for salvation, but they don't pray expecting and believing or wanting the Lord to be part of our daily life. And we have to say, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to get out of the driver's seat. You get into the driver's seat. I'll pick up the cross. I'll follow you and go wherever you want me to go. That's mandatory. You must know the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask him to be Lord of your life. When you have done that, what is the biggest battle that you're facing tonight? 
I believe you're facing marriage problems every day, but you're battling the negative thoughts that are going through your mind each and every day that are trying to destroy you, to defeat you, to get you to give up, to have you move on, which everybody's telling you to do, and introduce you to other people, and get you to say, this marriage is not worth saving anymore, you know? I was only married blank years, so I might as well try another marriage, because it's got to be better than this marriage. Look at what all what they're doing, and look what they've done to me, and da-da-da-da. But that's not what God says. We've got to come to the point that we finally say, I am going to think of what I've done. I married for life. I made marriage vows. And it's a covenant. It's not a contract. And once you're married, you're married for life. That's it. And we've got to quit looking for that escape clause. In fact, if you're honest, I bet you know in your heart you're supposed to pray and fight and stand for your marriage. I don't believe you are in this room or you're listening to a CD in the car right now, or you're listening to this on Stop Divorce Radio, I don't believe that you have found us by accident. I believe God has directed you and that he told you what he wants you to do. It's an assignment that you're saying, I don't think I'm qualified, I don't think I'm ready for it, and I don't want the assignment. You want to be like a Jonah and say, I'm going to say no, and I'm going to go the opposite direction. Well, guess what? Jonah never got left alone without God. God just went right where he went. He caused a storm, and he took care of him, and he got his attention. If you think you can say no, I think God's going to get your attention one way or the other. It's not my business, but it's your business and God's. But I'm telling you, do not try to say no to God when God keeps knocking at your heart's door and telling you what to do. Do you have a battle going on in your mind some of the time? Or are you having it all the time? Is it every day? What is the enemy Satan speaking or even telling you to do in your mind? Let me give you some examples, if I may. I cannot wait any longer for my spouse. You should hear what they're saying to me. Why would I wait any longer? This is too hard. I need to get on with my life. My spouse, you don't know, they're never going to change. Or my spouse keeps telling me they're never coming home, so why am I waiting? I'm not a good enough Christian. You don't understand. I am not the Christian I should be. So why would God restore my marriage? Wait a minute, Charlene. You don't understand. I was the one that caused the marriage problems. I was the one that deserved to have my spouse never come home because I was the one that was unfaithful. I was the one that treated my husband so bad that I know why they left. Is that what the enemy is saying to you? Or is the enemy saying, do you really, you really believe that God spoke to you? Do you believe that what he said to you is really God speaking to you? Or was it just your thoughts, just your hopes and your dreams? They're never going to come true. Do you really believe that was God? Whoa, I think I stomped on about 20 feet at least tonight. I know that when I was standing, I was having a battle. I was having a battle. I divorced Bob. Remember God? Remember I got very upset and everybody told me I should divorce him. So I did and I had the escape clause and now you're telling me two months down after the divorce I am supposed to stand and pray and forgive him and love him unconditionally and keep no record of wrongs? 
That's unconditional love. You know what? We have got to come to the point that we understand that the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Not only your spouse, but he's out to destroy us. And if he can destroy you and get you on a detour road off of your Christian walk that God wants you to follow him, and you go on a detour road, you are going to go into the wilderness. And you're not going to be on fire. You're not going to feel the presence of the Lord. And you're not going to be happy. Let me tell you, we need to get rid of our old self. We need to crucify our thoughts and be made new into having the right attitude. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to start in verse 22 to 24. Just write down these scriptures if you want to, and you can look them up later. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self to be created like God in true righteousness and holiness. When we turn our lives over to our Lord Jesus Christ, we say no to the old flesh. We say, no, we're not going to do this. We're just going to do what the Lord wants us to do. We've got to understand that we're going to be battling the enemy, but we need to be made new in the attitude of our mind. And we've got to say, Lord, create my mind to be more like Jesus. It says in verse 24, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That has got to be our goal each and every day. We need to say, you know, Lord, I'm going to sell out to you. I am going to walk into holiness living and Christ-like living. And even though I may blow it each and every day, I am going to stand up and say, okay, Lord, I've failed today, but Lord, forgive me. And here I am again. Teach me and show me what I did wrong and teach me and show me how I can do it better next time. We need to know that you personally are battling thoughts in your mind, but so is every one of us. And every one of us are being tempted to fall or to do things that we should not be doing. Let me take you to Romans 7. I love to tell everybody when you're a new Christian or you're starting to read your Bible to read Romans 6, 7, and 8. It's about the sinful nature, crucifying the flesh, and then life through the Spirit in Romans 8. I've got a scripture in Romans 7. This can apply to you and to our spouses. Romans 7.21 says, For my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Let me go back just a little bit more. And this was a scripture the Lord gave me when Bob was living in sin. And he had been a man of God and was called to preach. And I could not understand how he could all of a sudden go off and fall into sin. This is the answer God gave me in verse 15. For I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. And this may be you today. This may be you today. We're not going to apply it all to the prodigals. This we're applying to you and to me. You know, I want to read my Bible every day, but I don't. I want to pray every day, but I don't. In fact, I want to go to church two, three times a week, but I don't. 
I want to go to Bible study first and third Monday night, but I don't. This is why I'm saying let's examine our own heart tonight. For I want to do what I do not want to do, but I hate what I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, this is in the Bible, people. I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but is sin living within me. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now you're going to have to go write this down. Romans 7, verses 14 through 25. You need to read this more than once. This is God talking to you and possibly about your spouse. It's sin living in us. We need to crucify our sinful nature. We need to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And that's crucifying our sinful nature. That's saying, I surrender all. That's saying, yes, Lord, yes. That's a song we sing in here every so often. Yes, Lord, yes. Not to my will, but to your will and to your way. I know what you're battling in your mind. You're battling all these thoughts about what is going to happen after we're separated, after we're divorced. How are the kids going to be handled? How are they going to be raised? How are we going to make it alone? God created a husband. He created a wife. And he wants you two together. He wants you to have both parents there. And we've got to understand, God is on your side saying, I don't like divorce. So I'm going to do everything I can to help you. I am going to be the father to your children while your spouse is gone, and I'm going to be a mother to them and help them too. He's going to be a parent that you've never known before, and he's going to be your spouse for this season also. You've got to come to know the Lord in an awesome new way, and we've got to know that. We need to take control and take captive what the enemy is trying to do. Can you imagine if we're having attacks, what is your spouse battling? This thought process is what started your spouse to have this happen. They started the thought process when they were not feeling happy or in love or they had a fight with you and they started thinking about the, all these other thoughts that they had and all of a sudden the enemy started taking them down the thought process road that you never knew was going on in their mind. We need to understand separation and divorce was not God's plan. God wants us to communicate and to pray and to put all our problems before the Lord and ask him to work out all the problems of whatever they are. God can work out everything. It's just we need to talk and pray and seek his will and way. Now, Romans 8, you're right in Romans 7, so let's just go to Romans 8, verses 7 and 8. In fact, I'm just going to go back in verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. You remember that scripture? That's the first scripture I just read at the very beginning. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. The enemy is telling your prodigal spouse lies right now. 
that your marriage cannot be resurrected. Your marriage cannot be restored. There's no hope. There's nothing. But God is greater to speak a thousand different ways to tell them that I want you to go home. I want you to reconcile. I want you to start rebuilding. I want to breathe new life and new hope into your marriage that it will never be like it was before. We don't want to go back to the old marriage. We want to go into a new marriage with the Lord as the foundation and the solid rock of our marriage. So many people say, well, why would you want to go back together again? Why would you want to start? And when you know your spouse, it's got an anger issue or abuse issue, or they've got alcohol issue, all these different issues that we can have drugs or any number of issues. Why would you even want to go back into that situation? Your spouse committed adultery, or your spouse is not good with the children, or whatever it is. Remember, these are all symptoms and lies, but if we put Jesus Christ at the center of our life and say, I want you to transform me and guide and direct me, and then I'm not going to hold in consequences to divorce. Remember, your spouse is going to say, I was never happy. You know, the kids are going to get over this. I will spend more time on the weekend than I never had with the kids before, so it's going to work out. I should never have married you. So many people have said that. I never loved you, so why should I come back? You know, all these different reasons, but God's going to bring new life and reignite the love and charge your battery of love to more than you can ever begin to imagine. Some of you are thinking, I've caused too much pain to my spouse or to my children for them to ever forgive me. That's another lie from the enemy. My spouse and children will never accept me back. That's another lie from the enemy. While Charlene was talking about the thought process of a prodigal, I thought of something in Prodigals Do Come Home. Do you even recall the part about the lake? See if this doesn't sound like what could have happened to your prodigal spouse. While walking through your living room, your attention stops on a favorite chair. The thought crosses your mind that should anything ever happen to your marriage, just supposing, you would certainly want that chair to be yours. There's no reason to feel you'll ever be leaving home but the thought still takes place. A few days later, someone at work mentions a new apartment complex with windows that overlook a lake. For just a moment, you reflect how comfortable you would be sitting in that favorite chair looking out over a beautiful lake. That evening, or possibly a few nights later, your wife has had a trying day. Her words to you come across as being a bit short. You recall the image of sitting in that chair looking across the lake. Somehow your wife and her words do not find a place in your mental picture. From now on, every time a wave rocks the matrimonial boat, you allow your mind to sit in your chair in your apartment. The solution? Recognizing that Satan destroys marriages and has just started the process to destroy yours. Bob knows because he had those thoughts never believing what would happen to our marriage when the enemy started the thought process. Bob and I pray that you will learn and know that the enemy is attacking your mind and understand it so that you can take authority over what's going on in your mind and what you can do about it. Because God's word is ready to counteract the negative, the devastating, and your hopeless thoughts that you may be having. You are a Christian and you need to learn and think differently. And that's the biggest problem. We need to put praise music on. And when the Lord starts speaking to us, we need to know that we have to act differently. We need to ask the Lord to transform my thought process. Lord, transform my heart, transform me, transform my thought process 
that I will not think this person is never going to accept the Lord, this person is never going to change, and I am going to just be married to a non-believer the rest of my life. I won't have my husband to be my spiritual leader or the spiritual head of our home. Don't think those thoughts. We received a letter from a lady that we have known in North Florida who does not have a computer yet and still writes us letters, which is, you know, unusual nowadays. Her marriage has been restored probably over 10 years. Her husband did not accept the Lord instantly or change instantly, but he came home and he repented to her of, I'm sorry I, what I did to you and to the kids. And he started becoming the husband and the father he needed to be, but the Christian walk did not come with that. And uh, she has kept in touch with us once a year. And she said last year she could just see the Lord touching him and changing him. And he started going to church more frequently last year. And this year, the grandchild, there's now grandchildren into it because they're older. One of the grandchildren who goes to Sunday school said to his papa, are you saved, papa? And he says, I sure am. This year, their daughter bought a Bible for him and gave it to him with his name on it at Christmas time. Though Stander and her husband has been reading the Bible every day since, and they have been praying together every day since, and she says, it just happened suddenly. She said, you know what? God was in the process of healing and resurrecting and rebuilding my marriage, and she says, my marriage is totally restored now. She says she's got her husband saved, he's reading the Bible, and he's praying, and she says, but I will never stop praying. There it is. She was faithful in raising her children. She now has grandchildren. And now her husband is able to say to the grandchild, yes, I'm saved. I know the Lord. And now he's reading the Bible. What a victory in marriage restoration. And somebody that we have known so many years, but to see the process. They have been back together for over 10 years. God does the healing in his timing. We must wait on God's timing, not ours. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.